full respect to Chris as well for the shorts. I almost went there today, but I didn't, and now I feel convicted because you did, so congratulations. Um, I've got a few uh, screens I'm going to put up. We'll go straight in if that is all right. This is what I want to talk about today is the Holy Spirit and how we relate to the Holy Spirit and yeah kind of some context around that that I've really changed the way that I um, relate to the Holy Spirit so I thought it'd be helpful to share I think as Christians we're good at moments of intimacy with the Holy Spirit be that times of worship times of prayer corporately or private like we all know those moments where we experience the presence of God so that's the intimacy side but the implications of that and again when you read something like this in a Christian context you're ready to be told off aren't you you're ready for the implications of you not doing something right or something being wrong and and that's definitely my countenance um this is the opposite really it's it's gosh if if the very embodiment of God lives inside us there should be some positive implications of that and we often forget that we understand the reality of of a corporate worship moment where you experience intimacy or an answered prayer where you feel like God's close to you he's heard you but actually the implications of the very spirit of God living inside us like that should lead to a better life than many of us are living it should lead to more good things basically so you with me you ready for the ride we'll skip on to the next screen this is uh, Eugene Peterson who ran a local church rewrote the Bible so that normal people could understand it and this is his take on that bit of scripture which I find super helpful I'm going to be talking about from Galatians I'll put it up in the next screen but don't worry about it for now but he says this chosen to be filled with his Holy Spirit because um, that is our choice to invite God to do that for us he says this since this is the kind of life we have chosen the life of the spirit let us make sure that we do not just hold it as firstly an idea in our heads we're great at intellectualizing things in Christendom and Christianity but actually things aren't supposed to be intellectualized they're, they're supposed to be imparted they're supposed to become part of who we are and and they're supposed to become incarnational they're supposed to be part of the way that we live not just something we understand about God or have heard about God but something that is actually has implications in our lives you know implications the definition of it is that it's it's is key to exist for something to happen if I'm if I'm not talking here, the implications of that is that you do not hear anything. I am integral to this happening right now. Like Phil playing on the keyboard, you will not hear that music. The implications of him choosing not to press his fingers on the keys is that you will not hear it. He's integral to part of it. And secondly, it's not just the sentiment in our hearts. That's, I think, the intimacy that we experience with the Holy Spirit. Those moments, sentiment, where you can look back on and be like, oh, God really met me there. I really felt his peace there. I really felt his presence there. Those things aren't wrong. 
but there's a deeper level of implications of everyday living with the Holy Spirit that, that he's calling for in this piece of scripture. And it says this, but work out, this is where I got the word from, its implications in every detail of our lives. And I'm going to help us hopefully uh, do that a little bit more today. Is that okay? Good. Great. There's a few evangelicals in the house. I got a yes. Uh, Next slide, if that's okay. Uh, So this is the actual scripture. I'll read it out. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Those are the three implications that I'm going to focus on today. I'm going to hopefully give you some tools and tips of how to actually, yeah, make them implications in your life. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you don't feel bad already, that'll do it for you. (laughs) Against such things, there is no law. Back to what Eugene Peterson was saying. These don't come merely from understanding. There's a deeper level of intimacy with God. They don't come by trying to do it. They come by relating to the Spirit of God differently that is already at work within us. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified with the flesh and with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. So that's what I really want to focus on. I've been trained to step into a spiritual moment, to seek the presence of God, to have a quiet time, to engage in worship. All those things are really good, but actually keeping in step with the Spirit, altering the way we relate to Him, is where the implications really land in our life on a deeper level. I hope I'm not over-explaining myself, but I'm just trying to make a few distinctions. So, then, this is really interesting. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I will get back to that a little bit later on. So, next slide, if that's okay. Slide, that may, I'm definitely a child of the 90s. Firstly, the spirit, where, what's its form? So it's mystical. It's from a supernatural source, the Holy Spirit. If we are the natural, he is the super. It is supernatural, but it does manifest in a physical way. We do feel the sensations of the Holy Spirit. We feel peace. We feel love. We feel joy. We can actually experience the Holy Spirit in that way. The function, again, there's, there's so much depth. God and who he is, who God is and his goodness, and it affects how we feel and then how we behave. Is this helpful? So often you hear the, the spirit referred to as like fruits of the spirit, don't you? Which is, for me, it wasn't that helpful. You know, people will talk about how fruit just grows, it comes, but I'm like, I want to go a bit deeper than that because that's true but how do we actually keep in step with that how do we cultivate that fruit how do we help it grow how do we relate to the holy spirit on a deeper level that's what this is about so that's my question how do i maintain that connection so rather than stepping into moments how do i partner with the holy spirit to maintain that connection. Rather than relying on a moment, I'm looking more towards maintaining that connection in new ways on deeper levels. Okay, I've probably overemphasized, overstressed things. Let's keep going. So, 
I'm going to do a bit more of that. Next slide, please. The common way is moments to create the connection. I've talked about this. But what if we didn't just step into these moments with the Holy Spirit? But what if there were ways to keep in step with, ways to relate to the Spirit of God inside us that meant that you don't get to the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month and feel like, I need you, God. What if there was something different where we're like, I'm with you, God, and you're with me. And and it's about our will and willingness to relate to the Holy Spirit on that deeper level. And it's like any relationship. When you start a relationship, you're a little bit guarded, aren't you? You don't really know that person that well. You you think, oh, am I okay to make this joke? Um, I'll talk to Will later in private. Uh, you know, we, we relate to people within the context of what we feel comfortable and what we think they will accept, don't we? Like, as human beings often. And, and what I'm trying to help us to do in some of this is, is to relate to God on a deeper level in new ways, okay? The first thing I want to look at from that list, I'm only going to look at the top three. You can do the rest in your own time if you so please. But what, where it all this started was I was trying to explain this bit of the Bible to my kids. So I did a load of research on the kind of spiritual Christendom history of, of, of the word love and, and where it actually comes from and how it... Um, makes sense in the context of this piece of scripture so far to understand it because it was actually quite hard to explain a fruit of the Holy Spirit to them. So this is love, the definition in this context. This is my definition, so you can pull it apart. Feeling good because I allow God to show me my unique worth. And this is deep. You know, it talks at the end of that bit of scripture. It makes a statement that seems a bit random because it talks about not comparing, provoking each other. And and I'm like, what is that? But actually, our value is in our uniqueness, in the fact that God only created one of us. My wife says hallelujah every time I say that. But God only created one of us. And like... In Ephesians, it talks about how in Christ Jesus, when he creates us and we, we get our new life in Christ, we're like a masterpiece. And, and the value of a masterpiece is in the unique nature of that one piece of art. You know, the Mona Lisa, if you do thousands of reprints for it, you could probably sell them for a few pounds. But if you see the actual Mona Lisa, which is disappointingly small, if you have done, and, uh, but that has an incredible value because of its uniqueness. So for us as individuals, if God values my uniqueness, if he went to all the trouble of in the billions of human beings he's created to just make me in total uniqueness because that's what he values, I can't compare myself to Matt to gain my value. That, that I can't compare myself to anyone else to gain my value. And actually, we really disrespect God when we do that because he's gone to all this effort in creativity to make sure that you're unique. So comparison has no capacity to show you your value. Only your creator has the capacity to show you your value. 
which is why we have to understand, God, what does a unique, loving relationship with you look like for me? You know, you read the Bible in this context, you look at the unique relationships there. You could not peg God on how he relates to humanity from any one individual in the Bible, because guess what? It's all different. You look from journey with God to the Apostle Peter, but yet both experiencing God in the same time and frame. But God is unique and wants you to love him in a unique way, but wants you to allow him to love you in a unique way. And if the only capacity I have for God's love to land in my life is things that I see Matt doing, or things that I see Phil doing, or things that I've learned from church, then it really restricts what the spirit today hopefully good so to do this i ask a question and these aren't like this isn't a silver bullet question this is a relationship question and with all relationships you keep asking the question don't you me and my wife often ask each other are you okay if you live with me you have to ask that more often than not but it's like are you okay is a question we keep asking because we're like are things all right? Are you okay? Like, what's going on? Tell me. So this is a question I consistently ask of the Spirit of God inside me. How can I allow you to show me my unique worth? So, really practical example. At the moment, I'm struggling in my career. Like, I quit my job a few years ago of being a pastor. I want to do church in a way that definitely doesn't um, provide a salary or anything like that uh, at the moment in what we're doing so then I took on some project management work because I've been doing that and then that was supposed to go full-time but yet in the same week it was supposed to go full-time I lost a contract I then decided to go back to doing building because I've got experience in doing that I then got a subcontract uh, job within that and lost that. I then um, just recently in the last two months, uh, I was supposed to start a job for two months, which would have been a, a brilliant financial path for me two weeks before they cancelled. And it's really easy to feel like a failure, if I'm honest. It's really easy when I drop my kids off at the gate because I'm not the one working, so I've got time to do that. And you talk to the other parents who are all accountants and CEOs and running their own business and run off their feet with work. And, and if I choose to compare in that moment, I, I like degrade so much of my personal value. If I choose in that moment to make a comparison on the fact that what I earn or what my career status is and the world is massive on career status what most people will ask you when they meet you is oh what do you do for a job awkward um <laughs> or not if you've got a good career <laughs> but it might be something different for you it might be your family situation it might be your mental health where you you feel ashamed because you're battling with depression when your best friend's a naturally really happy person you've been doing over these six months is like God, I will not put my value in that stuff, even though everything in my humanity leans towards doing that. Show me my unique worth. Help me understand it. Help me understand what it is that you're doing in this time. Is that helpful? Great. Next one. Next connection to maintain is joy. Because gosh, the older you get, the more you realize you don't know or understand. 
And life is like that from pandemics to financial crises to massive industry changes to AI to educational changes. There is so much we do not know. And, and that can weigh heavy on us if, if we don't engage in a relational connection with the Holy Spirit in those circumstances. So how do we approach God in what we do not know? I love a piece of scripture for this. Um, it's not so much in what he didn't know Jesus, but it is in his approach of prayer where he's going to be crucified and he asks God to take the cup from him. I think, is it three times? He, he repeats the question. He says, take this cup from me. But because he doesn't want to suffer, he doesn't want to go through the difficulties that he is about to encounter. And so much when our countenance is wrong towards what we don't know, we fear suffering, don't we? We fear the difficulties. We fear our capacity to cope with it. Jesus sweat blood. He, he, was, he was concerned. He understands that. But, but then he said something which I, has released so much joy in my life, which is, but not my will, but your will be done. You see, in my growing up in church, I was taught almost to manipulate God to pray for a certain outcome in faith, which I don't have anything wrong with. I feel that's the first part of Jesus's prayer when he's saying, take this cup from me. God, I'd love you to do this. I'd love you to heal my sister of cancer. I'd love you to provide me with a solid career path. I'd love you to help me have financial stability, but not my will, yours, God. And I will surrender what I do not know and understand to you and what that has given me the capacity to do in, in those real examples I give you where it hasn't worked out as I would want it to. I can invite God into that and I can know his goodness. I can know, God, that isn't what he asked for. But I know that I'm all good. I will look back. I can trust you in faith and look back in hindsight, maybe, maybe even the far side of eternity and understand what was going on. But right now, I can stand here not knowing where my paycheck's coming from and be like, I'm actually all good. Like, I am good. I'm not anxious. I'm not, of course I have moments of it, but that's when I engage this relationship. I'm not scared or fearful. Of course I have moments of it, but that's when I engage this relationship. Of course it hurts me emotionally, but that's when I engage in this deeper level of relationship where I'm open with God. I talk about those disappointments. I talk about that pain. I, I share my fears of my capacity to cope in life. And, oh, it allows joy, feeling good. I should not feel good about some of the things I do feel good about. I shouldn't. But that's the goodness of God within me and that's my willingness to relate to him in a way where I don't dictate I ask this question where in my life can I invite God to guide my mindset the way I think what I set my mind on 
So, for example, my career, my mindset, at first I was like, I just need a job. I was panicking. I applied for loads of jobs. I got rejected from them all. It didn't help my well-being in any shape or form. It wasted loads of time when I could have been out earning money doing other things. So I asked God, help my mindset. And he's like, trust me day to day. Okay, that's not very comfortable, but that's what I'm doing. And I feel good. I'm okay. I'm good. Now I'm like, God, if this right, I trust you that I get it. And if I don't get it, I trust you that another job's going to come for next week. I'm giving you really practical examples, probably being more honest than I should be. But if it's real, like, if our faith is real, it works. And it doesn't just work in the hallelujah moments where it would have worked anyway without a God that is good. It works in the stuff that actually I shouldn't be all right right now. I should be really concerned. I should be full of fear. I should be full of anxiety. But I'm not. I actually have this joy. Not a happiness in my circumstances, but a joy where I'm like, I'm just good. I'm good. I probably shouldn't be. It's sometimes embarrassing to say. And it's not just like the standard church, like, oh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it's like your life's on fire behind you and you feel awful. It's like, yeah, there are some bits of my life that just don't add up at the moment, but I am actually good. And I hope this question, I hope this depth of relationship for some of you will help you walk through stuff and be like, I'm just good. Like, you are going to live your entire life not knowing and understanding many things. So why not be good as you do that? That's the gift. That is the implication of living with the Holy Spirit. Wow, that is the implication of the goodness of God against our human nature, which would naturally lead us in a different direction. That's amazing. Next one, peace. You know, feeling relaxed because my relationships are good. And if God has to love us uniquely, that means we have to find the capacity to love others uniquely, to love others in their uniqueness. Our human nature wants everyone to be like us or to relate to us in a way that we feel comfortable. But you are going to meet people who are vastly different to you, who cause dispeace to you. But guess what? You also cause dispeace to them. I have a friend who is super free and easy, that like really relaxed about everything, doesn't, will happily laugh at anything. Uh, and, and they are good friends with another person who is hypersensitive, thinks everything through to the nth degree and over communicates to the absolute maximum capacity possible. So guess what? They damage each other if they're not careful in their relationship. They cause dispeace with each other. So that's why this question for me is, is super helpful because I'm engaging the Holy Spirit to ask me to help me to love someone uniquely. So I have a relationship in my life, a family member, we are polar opposites and it's really difficult. Me being the best version of me actually hurts them. Like the way I am peaceful about things or the way that I do not care about things that they think I should care about. And likewise, the way they relate to me, 
I find really painful in lots of ways because they relate to me in the opposite of how I would relate to them. We're going to have these relationships. Hopefully it's not the person you're married to, but we are going to have these difficult relationships. So asking the Holy Spirit, is there someone who causes me dispeace? And then asking, how do I love that person uniquely? We don't treat everybody the same in our lives. Anyone who's got kids knows that you have different relationships with them. They need different things from you. And guess what? Everyone else is the same. They require a unique love. Some of the ways that he's asked me to relate to people, to love them uniquely, I would have never thought of. I've done things that I'm like, wow, this seems really like I just do not get it. But I know the spirit of God inside me is leading me to do this. And it's only in hindsight, because I'm acting in faith, it's only in hindsight that I can see, oh God, you were so kind to that person then through helping me do this. And I think there's a deeper level of not just like flippantly loving humanity, but actually uniquely loving individuals from the wisdom that the Spirit gives us that will not just bless them, because with God it's always a win-win, but will bring great peace to your life. I think there's some people here today where you question, like I sometimes have done over this last six months of like, does God even love me? Like all these people are getting on and doing good, but look at me, look at my situation. Or maybe there's those amongst you have lost the capacity to be good in life, just to be like, yeah, I'm good. Because the uncertainty, the, the things you don't know, the things that are coming in the future have overwhelmed the implications of the Holy Spirit, have overwhelmed that relationship that you could have with him. And really, these are three relationships three ways to relate to the Holy Spirit in on a deeper level, relating to him to find your unique worth, relating to him to get his insight into the things that you do not know, and relating to him in your relationships to help love people uniquely, not just generally, not just from your way of loving people but actually uniquely loving people. So can I pray for you? Holy Spirit, I just honor you. I honor your goodness. It is the goodness of God that that is mind-blowing that you chose to like put that in each of us and that you didn't love us generically. You love us uniquely. And I want to ask that we will learn to relate to you in a way that that releases more of that, that helps us walk in this deeper layer of love with you, that helps us learn how to be in step with you, not just to be intimate with you in moments, but to walk with you through our lives. 
I ask for those in here who are struggling with the unknown as I am, God, wrestling with it. Holy Spirit, help us to walk and talk with you, to allow you into our mindsets that our will and the outcomes we desire don't dominate a conversation, but that we'll actually be open, we'll actually be vulnerable to you, that we'll allow you and your goodness to permeate our minds and our approach towards what we don't know, towards what we don't understand. And I ask for those relationships that that are difficult, that actually rob us of our peace. It's so much deeper than we realise often, the anxiety it causes when our relationships are not good. Just pray for people in this room especially maybe even to do with social media where like digital relationships are so much harder to manage. Lord, would you give us wisdom? Spirit of God inside us, would you help us relate to you in new ways, to ask you more questions, to be more curious, to be more conversational, and that you would teach us to love people uniquely not at the expense of our own unique value. That's the beauty of your goodness. It's so much greater that everybody wins. So I just ask that you'll give us boldness and courage to relate to you differently and to others. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're not just there for the moments, but you're there to be implicated in every step of our lives that you never we're not seeking you because you're in us you dwell in us it's just mind-blowing help us to know that more to know more of your goodness to allow more of you to manifest through our relational curiosity with you amen <laughs>